Hello, my friend. Isn't he good? I is good. Sweet. Sweet. So now, what were you saying now, dude? He sent you. Oh, what? yeah. My buddy Isaac sent me. Uh, man, he's always, he, he's such a nice dude. He always sends me like these like little, little gifts. Like he'll send me like if there's like a new Red Bull, like some weird seasonal thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And he just sent me Black Rifle Coffee Company espresso with cream. Uh, a case mm. of it, and I gotta say, man, this may fill the spot of my second sugar-free Red Bull of the day. Hmm. I mean, uh, espresso in a can kind of sounds like sad. Yeah. I, so uh, I'm not a, a fan of it usually, but man, I gotta say, it tastes pretty legit. Well, you gotta elaborate there. You're not a fan of espresso, liter- uh, no, 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 or espresso. In yeah, a can. espresso in a can usually. But you're drinking like watermelon flavored Red Bull. I don't know that you can be too like, you know, like hoity-toity about your caffeine. Well, source. but I am. I I don't know. I, I guess for like, like any of the canned coffees, you know, you think of like the uh, what was like the first one? It was like Monster to like Java or something. I don't know, man. Oh, you remember? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah about? I remember that. I mean, I remember you guys drinking that garbage. Well, I tried it once. Look, I like espresso. Hey, man, give me a little a small glass. Mug, mm. an espresso small cup. glass mug, espresso just, cup. You know what I'm saying? Like it looks like a small glass mm-hmm. mug. I know it isn't. I mean, you're drinking it from a can. Well, so. I actually poured it over uh, ice, so it's in a glass. Even worse. <laughs> I'll have to bring bring one over to you. Not interesting. Very fancy. Howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to raise our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. Hey, pal. What's up, bro? Is that like your new thing? You're just like, you're sitting on like a thumbtack and you're like, I'm just going to, hey, man. Hey, pal. Hey, before we get started, I know that you have a. There's a, a couple a, things a I want to talk to you about. Okay, yeah. but go ahead. Okay, so I've been waiting to tell you this so that I could do it on the podcast. And I had a pretty weird thing happen to me the other day. This hmm. would have been maybe like a day or two before Halloween. So we okay. were still prime in that Halloween season. Mm-hmm. I say that because when I told my wife, she attributed it to demons. Everything I was watching, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> during the Halloween season. So yes, demons. No, so I'm I'm sitting there. I'm working on this piece of art, and I've scanned it in. So I'm I'm cleaning it up digitally, and I have the big boy like uh, Wacom Cintiq Pro tablet. Or not tablet, but like just the giant 20-whatever-inch screen. And so much like I do when I am using a paintbrush and dipping the ink, when I'm doing it digitally, it's almost worse because I have like, I kind of get really tight and really close in on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it has like the arm on the desk so I can pull it, you know, as close as I need or whatever. 
Anyway, whole, all that to whole say. lot of details. But a go, whole go lot ahead. of detail. Well, I'm kind of setting the stage sure. here. So I'm so then I'm I did drawing. this like, symbol. Wait, it, like <laughs> I was doing these hand symbols that no one can see, but you can hear me talking about. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, no, so I'm I'm working on it, and I have like a really bad habit of like I, I have to be really cognizant of like my breathing because I'll just like I'll catch myself like holding my breath because mm-hmm. it's. Okay. it's it's so like precise. Oh, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you don't like, want like any extra hand movement or something. Then yeah. It's really, Whoa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've done that since I was like young, but like especially when I'm working like with a brush and it's like super precise. You know, I'll catch myself just and I have to out, and you're like, okay, what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, like I've looked into like like uh, you know breathing, just ordering in some oxygen. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I'm doing it and. I guess I had been holding my breath. Well, this is like really bizarre. And I've I, and I I ask you listeners if you've ever had this because I've I certainly have never had anything like this happen. So I'm I'm drawing and I guess I had like, you know, finished what I was doing and so like I kind of exhaled. <laughs> uh it was not that. It was an, a regular exhale out of my mouth and Smoke comes out. Come on, I, I swear to God. I well, swear. I mean, okay, smoke or like no, no, no. You know, so so listen. So it was so much so that I had, and so keep in mind, I, in front of my like right in front of my face, probably I don't know, maybe six or eight inches in front of my face is a screen, so it's like real bright. Mm-hmm. So you you know you would clearly be able to see. So when I breathed out, it it like startled me because it was like uh it was like it, i see it was like, dead people no 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 it wasn't anything like that it was like it was like huh it like freaked me out because for a second i was like is my is this thing on fire like what like oh, what's yeah, happening yeah. here mm-hmm. and so i kind of like jerked back and when i did that i i was like I, like it took me a, like a, a like a full second to figure out like what was happening and when i did i was like oh i just did that so i like did like a big breath and dude i swear to you it was like 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 taking like a giant like vape hit off like a jewel or hey, hey listen popcorn lung here's the thing you probably just had it's just one of those popcorns popping in what are you in talking lungs about and it's finally just oh. no i don't vape i'm just saying it was that much smoke no like, way, dude. Like dude, a big I swear, billowing, I, like, bleh. dude, I swear to you, I was, I, just, I sat there for like probably thirty seconds afterwards, just like looking around, like, what just happened? Like, what was that? It didn't feel paranormal. Didn't feel. I'm not saying any of that. I, I you know, of course, my wife was like, well, I think it's because all this stuff that you're ingesting into your consciousness mm-hmm. when you're oh, watching okay. all these horror movies. I thought, I, I thought don't. she was talking about the just piles and and boxes of just random vitamins and um hey pal. you know Easy. energy drinks because i could get on board with that no 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 but but has okay so i ask you our dear listeners has anyone encountered this because i looked it up and i can't find anything you know of course all the links just go straight to like what's the what's the there's like a movie smoke. there's like a movie cover or like some kids, like, yeah. and then like this. It seems like there's some smoke or something coming out of his. Oh, you're talking about? Well, that's supposed to be like ectoplasm. Okay. 
You're talking about like I think it's a haunting in Connecticut. So, I mean something like that. I, I that looks disgusting. So I yeah. haven't watched it. it might well, no, actually the, the the ectoplasm thing is really fascinating, and I would love to do. Well, I'm uh, just saying that picture grossed me out. Oh, yeah, ectoplasm yeah, yeah. is awesome. I've been you know a fan of it since what is that 85, 86. There it is. Yep, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Well, th- well, this like the real ectoplasm, and I mean it's tied in pretty strongly with uh, like what's called spirit photography, but like. During, like, the spiritualist movement, they would, you know, take these photos during, like, seances and stuff. And, like, I mean, it, the, the, it's funny because it looks just, like, straight up, like, just cotton. Like, mm. you know, so I'm sure some of those are fake. But it's still just, it's still super interesting to me. But, no, dude, it was like I took a huge drag of a cigarette and breathed out. And what was weird about it is when I did it, so when I originally did it, I guess I just kind of barely breathed out, you know. Mm-hmm. but it was enough to sort of like startle me. And I like immediately sort of my reflex was just to like sort of my head, like shot back to like get a view of, of uh, what was going on. Yeah. And and then when I breathed like the rest of my breath out, it was like so much that I could, I could like, this, this is going to sound weird, but like, you know how whenever you would take a huge drag and like you would breathe out and it would just be like, you could like feel, feel it like the smoke coming out of your mouth. I um, I mean, I, 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 that's a very good descriptive terminology, but me having never um, smoked a cigarette, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> if you remember, like, our kids might be listening to this at some point. And so, yeah, I mean, I haven't either, kids, but I, I had friends, you know, who would talk about Tyler it. Tyler did a very deep dive web search, and apparently that is what it's like to smoke a cigarette mm. yeah that's what that's what we hear at least it, you could feel you it, you basically like, what you're saying is you can feel like volume in other words because yes. my first my first right. inkling is okay you got all these heat lamps and you got I this thing that's lamps. lit up not heat lamps but you know what i'm saying like um th- like any kind of i don't know screens and stuff they, they all have heat right and at different points in your room now i keep my office as you know now nice and chilly mm-hmm. all year long True, yeah. And so, you know, my first thought was like, okay, well, maybe it was just some, like, condensation, you know, just as, See, a, that's a, what quick, I thought. Just as a quick example, my son and I went running this morning, mm-hmm. and in my headlamp, because it was much colder than than typical, just, like, tons of billowing condensation. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's just, like, yeah. one of the first things we do when we go out there. We're like, hey, can you see your breath? Mm-hmm. You know? And so see, that's my, and, but, but, but the and, difference there is you can't ever feel, like, a volume of something coming no. out. Right. Mm-mm. Well, and I'm glad you said that because that's what I that's what I meant by I had this huge screen in front of me, so I could I could r- see it really well. You know, it's like you having your light if you breathe. It's like it lets you see it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it looks a lot more than if you saw it like without the light. Yeah, is what I'm saying basically. So yeah, dude, when I when I like breathe it, and I didn't have there was there was no like taste, you know, in my mouth to it. There was no. And the only thing I thought was like, man, I don't know. Like, I mean, I took vitamins this morning. I mean, I take vitamins every go. day. No, but I thought like, I mean, but that that was like an hour earlier. So it wouldn't have been like vitamin dust. But And it was just, it was so like, like voluminous. It was so like thick. I mean, it was like, I mean, from what I hear, it was like people that smoke like cigars. It was like yeah. a massive amount of smoke and I just sat there like completely not like freaked out or anything. It was just sort of like, what just happened? 
And and I'm still at an absolute loss. So if anybody out there has any explanation, if anyone else is out, if anyone else out there has had a psychotic break, okay. let us know about it. I mean, no, 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 no I'm no, just I'm, kidding around. But seriously, that's, it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, how do you keep yourself from just being like, I need to check in somewhere because. Uh, <laughs> that's I mean, scary. again, it it didn't. I mean, the only thing that I can sort of like for my brain to like sort of you know like wrap my brain around yeah. it is like i i was like sort of holding my breath so i i, I, I mean, don't know the only thing i can think of okay again this is a very loose and i'm, I'm scientific and you know gosh clay i'm a scientist and I'm, I'm, I'm clay would definitely have a much more eloquent and scientific sort of insightful. explanation for this yeah insightful more insightful and more uh technical but essentially like I said, all those varying temperatures inside of your office, you holding yeah, your breath and that moisture being built up. I, I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, even that, as I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, but there's no, I mean, other than like, I have two IMAX in front of me. And Let a, me ask the question. And a did you, did you possibly, um, oh, that morning. Yeah, no, listen to this, bro. Huh. What if? Did you have any missing time? Was there any kind of missing no. time involved? Nothing like that. But Nothing. maybe it was so. Maybe it was so fast, right? It was like to you, it imperceptible, was yeah, imperceptible. But there was like some sort of switch or glitch that rhymed. Um, that kind of sounded cool. Of I, your no, of, because my daughter was sitting in the in the studio with me, staring at her iPad. But if there's infinite parallel universes, I'm just oh, saying yeah. maybe. You just kind of popped into one that's pretty close. By the way, my name's my name's Rudy Brown. <laughs> God, I wish I would have uh, known that you were going to say this because then I would have just introduced myself with a slightly different name. You know, see, I got to get, I got to, you know, I'm going to text Courtney and say, look, if anything like that ever happens again, mm-hmm. let's really lay into this on him and just like make it weird. You're so stupid. So so you're saying you walk into your house and it's like pictures of me and Courtney as husband and wife. <laughs> it's like it's like the office episode where like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Asian switches Jim. it with that dude. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe there's like an alternate universe that was right beside me that sort of merged where I'd taken up like heavy heavy vaping and I just took a yeah. big drag mm-hmm. and then whoop, came right back. Yeah. And it it was still there. What's weird is like I mean, I'm going to side with Courtney a little bit on this. Oh, come that, on. No, but listen, though, man, because we have Here to tell, we listen, dude, we've already tried to record this episode before, but what happened? Crazy well, stuff true. started happening. The last couple of episodes, crazy stuff started happening in the studio, man. Mm-hmm. So maybe us talking about all this stuff, man, is, is doing what we always talk about, which is like giving it energy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this... And boy, we're far away from the dock at this point, but we'll get to it. Well, you think so, but there's actually a correlation. You brought up ectoplasm. We're talking about ghostbusters. That has something to Uh, do with what we're going to be talking about today. So keep going. Okay. So I had this theory the other day and there's something about it that that is like really kind of like scary to me. So the the idea of like doppelgangers and like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. again, here's the drinking game, uh, Tim Marchenko's. No, Tim Marchenko's uh, Disembodied Voices book. You know, that idea of like a mimic or someone like mimicking behavior of like a loved one, you know, to to gain like access 
mm. or to like lure you out or whatever. So that idea has always kind of freaked me out. Yeah. So I had this idea the other day of, uh, and if you're a first time listener, uh, just welcome. go back but, welcome. <laughs> and welcome. But we talk about this fairly off, often, the idea of the, and it's a Tibetan concept originally, but the idea of like tulpas and like thought forms is this idea that, you know, you put enough thought into something and you, you create it. And I'm not going where you think I am because I want to save that for another episode. But kind of like the Philip experiment, you know, I think we talked about one time where this group of researchers basically all got together and they did like a like seance talking to a character that they all made up, right? So they created this guy named Philip. He was alive around this time. He died because of this. He wore this. He, you know, his hair color was this. They created this whole character. And then they started really playing into doing these like sort of mock seances. And then they they started actually like seeing this character like in the, the house or whatever. And mm. so anyway, so it's this idea that I had the other day, just, it just like totally pops in my head. And I was like, oh my God, I've never thought of that. You know, we think of like, uh, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go to Gettysburg and there's, you know, if you go over the, over this ridge, you know, this is where like this 15 year old boy who was fighting for the union was shot. And they say that you can see him like walking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yes, more than likely that is a, that's a, what they call like a residual haunt. So it's almost like, again, stone tape theory. You're just sort of watching a replaying of like what this soldier would have done in his life. Or it's this idea that what if what we know of like, quote unquote, like ghosts are not really ghosts at all, but they start out as like myths or like as, urban legends or stories are like, oh, if you go to this house at midnight on a full moon, you're going to see this lady who, you know, had a really gruesome death in this house. And then people claim they go and then they claim they see the thing. So my thought is, is what if there's no such thing as ghosts at all? And what if all of these things are started with an inkling of like imagination or mm. like, and it all starts as like an idea. And then the more like thought that goes into these things, it's similar to the Philip experiment. What if all these ghosts are, are literally all like tulpas created from stories that people tell. And then like, you know, people tell other people and people tell other people. And then it just, it becomes like a tangible thing. And that's what we know of as like ghosts but they're actually all just thought forms that we've all created. Well, two things. One, that is almost equally terrifying because think about the power that we accidentally may have mm -hmm. to create such right. things. Right. Uh, number two, this is the part of the show where I start talking about the crazy fact that I just found $2 million right on my desk. Amen. <laughs> so let's all start thinking about that. Um, mm -hmm. No, dude, I mean, it's interesting because there is this like potential sort of... Um, I don't know, intersection of that kind of idea mm -hmm. mixed with sort of like relatively mainstream sort of uh, positive thinking, you know, like books like yeah, The right. Secret and all of that sort of frame of thinking to where you, whatever you put out into the universe, you know, mm -hmm. um, you're going to get kind of thing. And, and well, so, I don't know. Well, and the scary part is like, 
Okay, so so if that is true, this is where it's kind of like it gets a little creepy for me because like, okay, say that is fact. Say 50 years from now with science and uh, parapsychology and all this stuff, like we figure out uh, and, you know, physics and stuff, we figure out that this is the case. These are these things that are created. So, so if that's the case, then you have one of two things. You have this character who truly believes that he is a Civil War 15-year-old who was shot in this battle and blah, 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 blah. And he's roaming around, you know, uh, you know this area. Mm-hmm. So either that's the case or we're creating these things and we're putting this thought into them, but we're just creating these random tulpas. So, so not only are they basically like ghosts that were created by thought, but they're also now ghosts that are like playing along or mimicking these stories that we've mm-hmm. like made up. And to yeah, me, there's and, something. And they don't know, they don't know that that's what they are. They're just living that role. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying, oh. e- yeah. So either that's the case or it is a nefarious thing and they're playing along to lure people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I got one for you too, man. Hmm. What if we're the Tulpa? <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, we kind of are as far as if you look into like simulation theory, I think. Well, you know, it's funny that we're talking about the power of creating and how things could potentially manifest in reality because if that's the case, well, it's kind of scary because what I wanted to talk about, talk about, what I wanted to talk about today, man, was some Stranger Things stuff. Ooh, I love it. A couple different reasons why. Number one. After the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad. 
because that is rad. You got to talk about the experience because I've been yeah, waiting yeah. like a week. Yeah, no, no, no. Like that's what I'm saying. Number one, me uh, having gone to the Stranger Things experience mm-hmm. and, and just kind of getting revamped and, and re-energized of all things Stranger Things. Now, I've kind of slowly been leaning in that direction anyway because, you know, like I've said before on the show, my son and I have, you know, started watching it from season one. Now, season four is taking a lot longer to get through because it's a lot more intense. And mm-hmm. so yeah, <clears throat> I make him watch those episodes with me so that I can like, whoop, cover your ass kind of thing. And he, you know, he just doesn't like the, uh, the gruesome. Yeah. My wife, Courtney, we're like huge Stranger Things fans and she still hasn't finished season four because of all like the, you know, sort it's of just like, too intense, man. I mean like that, if it's like straight my, up horror. Yeah. Especially my, my, those my, scenes. My criticism of it was that it was just slightly, it was just too much, man. Mm-hmm. And well, but, but sorry, but before, like to me, I think when, and I mean spoilers, <laughs> I guess at this point, but you know, when they show, to me, there's something about like when they show like. Hold on. Uh, if you haven't watched Stranger Things 4, or okay, season yeah. 4, whatever you want to call it, now's a good time to just kind of like take it easy for a second Maybe I'll splice in a timestamp right here of where you should start again. Move to the timestamp, 25 minutes, 5 seconds of this episode to remain spoiler-free. Okay, good. But, like, to me, when you see, like, Vecna and he's in his, like, the, like, nightmare realm and, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, you know, full body, like, yeah. you know, all messed up. Mm-hmm. To me, that's way less. I feel like if they would have oh, yeah. continued on that road, which is sort mm-hmm. of like playing up a little bit of like the 80s campiness horror yeah i think that's perfect but then Mm -hmm. to me like all the the more like cerebral like the clocks and the walls and like let's see i dig that i dig that no i love it but i'm saying for like any sort of like younger audiences yeah i mean that's that's not the problem dude like the next breaking and stuff that here we go that's the like yeah and then like the jaw you know like the eyes popping out like that's the stuff that like Mm -hmm. You know, they did like this, and it was the worst. Dude. They did like a flashback scene from what, one of the first kills or whatever that happens. Mm-hmm. And I didn't catch it in time. I didn't know that's what was going to happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Woodrow just saw like a little snippet of it. And he was like, uh, and he just like pressed stop and started crying. Dude, it was awful. Yeah. So all of that to say, headed into the experience, this is something I got him as like a birthday present. You know, well, explain ago. it first because a lot of people may not know about this. Okay, okay. Uh, so basically in a few select city- cities, I think LA, New York, and now Atlanta, uh, and a maybe Dallas for all you Texas listeners, mm. uh, I think you might want to check on that. I could be wrong. I think there may be just like a pop-up merch shop, which that's worth it alone. But this is essentially like this immersive experience that they kind of choose these gigantic warehouses in these cities and they fully build them out. And it's kind of like multi-part. First so cool. is like a, like an actual immersive experience that I'll explain later. If you want me to, I'll give you spoilers. I, 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 that's up to Tyler. Whether or not I say it, I don't know, man. I don't want to, like, I want people to be surprised so I can maybe yeah, do like right. a like a general description of what happens. And then yeah. after you get done, the, the immersive part's about 45 minutes long. And, hmm. and you're literally 
the short version of it is you feel like you're in Stranger Things, man. Yeah, that's cool. And then... So it's like a big like haunted house almost type um, setup. No. I mean, not like a, not like an actual house, but no. like you're walking through. I, that's what I was. That's what I was kind of expecting and kind of nervous and worried about. But no, I'll get to that in just a second. But then mm-hmm. after the forty five minute sort of experience that you do with um, like another small group of people, you end up in this big area that's just they have like scoops ahoy um surfer boy pizza which by the way if you do go to the experience skip the pizza it was awful Mm. they have like a family video store and then they have like people like you know paid sort of young actors Mm -hmm. kind of just you know in this part of the the thing as well so there's like merch shops and you can go and experience these places but then like the young actor at like the video store for example is like Hey, so like me and my friends are making the new, you know, they're like playing like along, playing along, role oh, playing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, um, do, do the actors like are they intentionally trying to look like? Yeah, like everybody's dressed eighties, dude. And they're like no, but I'm not like, characters of the show, but okay. no, just like people that would be in Hawkins. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and then there's just like stuff that you can only get there in terms of merch and stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's kind of a pricey experience, but. completely worth it let me break down a little bit it's going to be relatively spoiler free the immersive experience basically you start out and the premise is that you're going to be you're a hawkins resident that is going to be participating in Mm -hmm. a sleep study program at uh, the uh, hawkins national laboratory even Mm -hmm. whenever you get in there it's cool because it's like video pops up and this is not a spoiler but um paul reiser Mm -hmm. there's like this there's these like TVs and stuff and everything, dude. I'm talking, it looks the part. Man. You're outside of this like, yeah, just like a commercial building it seems like. But, you know, of course you're inside this facility, but it looks mm-hmm. like you're outside on the street waiting to get into the the lab. And this, these TVs play and it's him and he's like, okay, you know, hey, we hope that uh, if you did bring your uh, VHS camcorders that you'll go ahead and stow those away. You know, we don't want anything to kind of ruin the uh the scientific approach that we t- you know what i'm saying so that's what their way of saying like put your phone away and right so they're like i don't have any pictures or any video of the actual experience which is cool and i want to keep it like secret like that but there's really kind of like th- a couple phases you go into these different rooms i will tell you that one of them is the freaking rainbow room i was about to say is there like did they have the rainbow oh yeah dude and oh, man i don't know i wish i could spoil it just because visually and interactive wise it's one of the coolest things that we've ever experienced and we just you know went to disney a couple weeks ago and it's Mm -hmm. like that level of detail if not better okay so without spoiling it does it put you in a position where you're able to use like the Mm -hmm. power to like move stuff Mm -hmm. oh that's cool move stuff and some other powers too man okay and some of the most like the best 3d effects Mm -hmm. that i've ever ever experienced really mm-hmm. wow it was really really cool that's amazing and yeah, I, I hate that i missed it man. again spoiler free the good news is does not dive into the, like the season four like intensity it's about like okay, good. seasons one through three kind of level which is mm-hmm. it was perfect dude perfect that's awesome yeah that to me that was the thing that was a little bit and, and it's funny because we've talked about doing a Stranger Things episode forever. But mm-hmm. um, to me, that was the thing. I mean, I still I still liked season four. I, mm-hmm. I think 
the like production value and mainly like the cinematography. Oh yeah, man. Really cool uh, stuff. They, they jumped a level on season mm-hmm. four, but at the same time, it's like, and I get it, like kids grow up, but as a dad with like little kids, it's just kind of a bummer to see like these beloved kids that you see, you know, and they're so little, like, you know, four season seasons one, ago. dude, is just like, they're so yeah, they're, small. Yeah. They're tiny. And now it's like, it's like every, every line that every kid has, has like, a cuss word and mm. and I get it. It's all like growing up and it's all like but I just feel like like they I, I don't know. I wish they would have sort of kept the naivete like mm. going a little. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, man. Rewatching it, it I don't know, man. It feels pretty it feels pretty natural, man, believe it or not. I don't know. Watching mm. it with kind of after the first time watching it and rewatching it again, it kind of feels like, oh yeah, I mean, this is pretty real in terms of like this is what a high school kid would do, and and I don't know, and hmm. it's way better than I remembered, especially if you take out like the just super intense stuff, you know? Yeah, if right. you could remove that, man, I think that uh, I think that would be pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's basically what we were talking about the other day with Shazam, yeah, the Shazam yeah. movie, exactly, would be yeah. like a perfect like big version of a superhero movie. But then there's the boardroom scene. Yeah. That is the most like over the top, like demons and show my kids that. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, and I mean, we laughed about it. (laughs) I think like I text you, Hey man, I'm about to watch Shazam for movie night. This was like right when it came out. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever reason, you didn't text me back until literally Right after we had just seen that scene, you're like, whoa, 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 whatever you do, dude, make sure you fast forward it through the boardroom scene. I was like, already saw it, pal. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good, man. Yeah, it's intense. All right. So l- let me say this. So the part of the reason, and all of our listeners probably can kind of gauge this already, we love Stranger Things. And part mm-hmm. of the reason is we've always felt like it was, and I think most of the audience that loves Stranger Things feels the same way we do. It's like, man, these are people that had, they grew up just like us. You know, they had the exact same influences. They're Mm -hmm. creating something that's very much similar to like what Tyler and I would do or would want to do if we were in their shoes, basically Mm -hmm. creating a show. And I kind of stumbled upon this thing that I had not seen yet. And I thought I wanted to kind of like, talk about it because you didn't you hadn't seen it either and -hmm. i'm not sure if some of the listeners have or not so i thought we'd dive into essentially the early stages of stranger things as well as a bunch of facts about some of the things that influenced the duffer brothers Mm -hmm. some trivia about those different things like different movies and that kind of thing that i love these movies and i did not know some of these things Hmm, i love it yeah yeah Yeah, we we've said since season one like a, a new season would come out and every single time Woody and I always end up with just saying like, man, they get it. They yeah. totally get it. Because like what you were saying, it's like we, we were really, really fortunate and I, I feel kind of bad for our kids. And, and, you know, it is part of a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing when we say it on the intro, like, you know, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were in the eighties. But I do feel very lucky that we were able to experience the 80s in that way that I don't think kids will ever the kids will never have that again you know yeah uh and so like 
this show just like really nails it and it really like captures a lot of those things that you know that, that doesn't come off as like like a sh- basically case in point doesn't come off like Wonder Woman 2 <laughs> yeah, where yeah. it's somebody writing a show or a movie that has no idea about like how the <coughs> 80s really were yeah it's so. just like oh i think you're supposed to be wearing a fanny pack here right exactly you know yeah yeah, yeah man I, I and like the the level of detail that these guys put into their work and stuff one of the things that we oftentimes said was like dude th- these guys have like a direct input into my brain how is this possible you know right right and i think that's what connected us with the show very quickly and you know to your point like i think part of our goals as parents and like you said we say in the intro not just like half as cool as we were back in the days that that's probably the best that we can do but we're doing Mm -hmm. a pretty strong job in terms of like kind of showing them the important things that were important to us whenever we were kids you know like right video games and and that's part of the reason why, like, my son is, like, obsessed with, you know, Stranger Things, but also just, like, that time period and mm-hmm. and all that because of how different it is. And, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of cool because you can kind of say, like, you can kind of use it, you know, if they're, like, playing video games too long. You're like, look, man, whenever we were kids, you know, look at the guys from Stranger Things. Like, they just go outside and create things and use their imagination and go on these adventures and stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. So, anyway. One of the things that, that folks might not know if they're not in any form or, or I guess any way re- associated with like the entertainment industry, we'll say, is that before a show is kind of given the green light, the creators have to create sort of like a pitch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're in the corporate world, like a pitch deck is commonly, that's what it's called there. It, everybody's got a different sort of term for it, you know? It's where you're just pitch like... package pres- sometimes. Yeah, yeah. A lookbook if you're in, in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. A uh, sizzle reel if you're, you know, a cinematographer. Things or that brand you, guide if you're doing graphic design. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a way for you to present your idea using things that either already exist or whatever so that you can kind of show the vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, in shows and stuff, oftentimes they're just called like the pitch bible. Or, right. you know, show Bible or whatever. Well, luckily, and, you know, magic of the internet and people leaking these types of things, you can find the actual Stranger Things show Bible now man, online. That's amazing. And so I got to say, man, like even this detail, and this just speaks to how much the Duffer brothers pay attention to every single piece of detail and, again, how similar they are to Tyler and I, like, you're, if you look at this thing, hold on, you know what? I'm going to send it to you, man, so you can kind of look along. Yeah, man. First and foremost, one of the cool things about the Pitch Bible itself is that, you know, they really, really, really wear their influences on their sleeves. The way they printed and bound this thing and presented it to studio execs man. was that it looked like an old school Stephen King paperback. Yeah. I mean, worn in, amazing. I mean, it look, like, like our graphics. Yeah, dude, right? It looks exact. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like even the detail to like three ninety five price tag. I mean, right, it looks exactly. like a book that any of us would have picked up off of our shelves or our older mm-hmm. brother's shelves or our cousins who had kind of scary books or a Stephen King book and put, picked it up and this is what's in there. Now, rather than just read the entire thing to everybody, which I was actually tempted to do, <laughs> This I, looks incredible. It, it's inc- it's incredible, right? 
I think what's interesting is some of the stuff that's kind of changed and just some of the, the, you know, obvious details, but then not so obvious details of their influences and stuff. First and foremost, I think it's interesting to note that initially the show was going to be called Montauk. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Which, it sounds like you wanted to say something. Well, I was just going to say for those that may not know, there's a thing called the Montauk Project, which mm-hmm. was a, an actual thing carried yep. out by the government. So do a little digging and it'll... Well, and I'm sure we're going to do an episode on this, but... Oh, yeah. You know, what they say in this pitch Bible, it says the Montauk Project conspiracy. And it says, everyone loves a good conspiracy. We've seen the most well-known Area 51 and the Philadelphia Experiment sensationalized on film and television many times before, but the Montauk Project, one of the most bizarre conspiracies in our country's history, remains untapped. Mm -hmm. Here's a brief synopsis of what that is. In 1942, as World War II raged across the ocean, the Air Force established Camp Hero on the easternmost point of Long Island, Montauk. Blighting the quaint, picturesque resort town that would serve as Peter Benchley's inspiration for Amity and Jaws, Mm -hmm. the base's initial objective was to protect America against possible German invasion. So it's like an easternmost point of Long Island... You know, it's strategically placed initially just to kind of protect against the Germans, the Germans. Uh, The already enormous base was later expanded during the Cold War. A long-range radar dish was added, and it became a focal point of Soviet surveillance. Around this time, the base allegedly began to conduct a series of top-secret experiments, codenamed the Montauk Project. Mm -hmm. Now, again, some of the things that they allegedly were kind of experimenting with were like really cutting edge science blended with some other stuff. So like things like uh, alien contact, time travel, telepathy, alternate dimensions, mutant monsters. Apparently it was happening in this space. So, 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 and real quick, like one of the things about, uh, and again, we will cover this in the future, but one of the I think the main thing that we know about Montauk is, like, basically they were, you know, there's also speculation that, like, a lot of these kids were, like, kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them were orphans Mm -hmm. or sort of obtained in a real sort of shady way. But what we do know is that the Montauk project was very, very heavy into, like, like psionic abilities and developing that uh, Mm -hmm. within kids, basically making them, like, super soldiers who could you know do things like telepathy and you know telekinesis it said so they had this thing even called like the montauk chair which i don't know if you know about uh that it was this chair basically and it would it uh you know you're hooked up to all this stuff and it would like basically let you i don't know if it was it was more like astral travel or like remote viewing Mm, but basically mm -hmm. it could make you teleport yourself like outside of space and time which is wild, and yeah. and then then the branch off comes with like, like uh, there's a famous thing called the Montauk Monster that was wa- that washed up on the shore of Montauk, which I mean it looks like this little demon creature, yeah. yeah. And so that's when all like the mutant like creatures things kind of came from. But originally it was just really heavy into mind control, Project Monarch, that kind of thing, like you know taking these kids' minds and fracturing them and to sort of access psionic abilities. Right. 
And like the cool thing is like just even having heard all of that listener immediately, it's very easy for you to just be like, oh, 11, you know? Exactly. I mean, so, like it's so cool to see like them taking something just like they said that is untapped mm-hmm. uh, and creating the show around it. And so, you know, originally it was going to take place in Long Island, not Indiana, but I think ultimately they felt like they could get away with more sort of like sci-fi shenanigans apparently in like a fictional town. It's kind of like, I mean, on the opposite end of the spectrum, really kind of like um, Springfield with this instance, right. you know, mm-hmm. that sort of obscure town that is it fictional? Is it not fictional? I mean, one of the first things Woodrow asked me was like, is Hawkins a real place? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's not because think about that, like in terms of your creative license, man, it's yeah, never ending. Well, can, although we, we have like all of the main locations are down here in Georgia. Yeah. Like, right. Right. Within an yeah. hour. Like I think one of the places is like less than like five miles from my house, which is pretty awesome. The mall. Yep. There's all kinds the mall of all the um, locations. It's pretty cool. And if you're interested, there's, you can go online and you can, I mean, it's not like a guided tour, but you can do a Stranger Things locations sort of mm-hmm. self tour. A lot of driving, but pretty, oh, right. uh, pretty yeah. cool. I wonder if, if the change in location was to give it that like more 80s Midwest kind of Yeah, like, I mean, like I, th- I think a little bit also, and again, Listener, if you didn't know this, like Atlanta, you know, became like quite the place for a lot of shows to Mm -hmm. do things. There's a lot of production studios here now and stuff because there's like a tax break that was given. And so for many years, it's been like, I mean, that's where all of Ozark is filmed. um, A lot of the Avengers movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, you name it. It's just Mm -hmm. a bunch. Now, the Ozark, the birdhouse is less than five minutes away from my house. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. cool. And again, like I really... I encourage you to kind of like look up this show Bible so you can just kind of see and physically see what it looks like. And immediately when you do, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that does look like something that that would be rad would put out, honestly. Right. But again, I didn't even know this thing existed until I accidentally stumbled upon it. Yeah, this is the first time I'm seeing it. And it looks they have amazing. like pictures of Elliot from E.T. and mm-hmm. like uh, the actual a picture of Camp Hero Air Force Base around 1980 and they show like the big satellite dish. Yeah. They have like, you know, pictures of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Altered States, which if you've seen Altered States, you know, there's that sort of thought or um, tank, very similar to what Eleven is kind of going in in the first season, you know? Oh, like the like a float tank or like yeah, a yep. deprivation tank? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And, and so like if you've seen Altered States, you'll know that, oh, yeah, Boom! That's that's where they got that from. Uh, uh, real quick, you said ET. Did you get that that post that I tagged you in on Instagram earlier today? I don't think so. Basically, it's like this interview where Drew Barrymore, obviously she was a little girl mm-hmm. in ET. She's talking to like the older cast, like the mom and stuff. And I guess I don't know that she knew this <laughs> until now, but I guess Steven Spielberg had these two guys that were like on payroll that were literally their job was to like anytime Drew would see E.T. like when they weren't filming, you know, mm-hmm. they were there to like make E.T. move and like interact mm-hmm. with her so that it like kept the character alive. Yeah, I thought I'm gonna that get, was incredible. That is amazing. And I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into pretty something pretty similar, which is really, really cool. Cool. Before we start digging into like the, the trivia of those things, I want to, you know, some of this stuff is, again, it's pretty obvious, like, Yes, of course. They like the Goonies, E.T., right. Stephen mm-hmm. King. But these subtle things that like, 
I think, connected with me and you too, Tyler. But I'm sure like anybody listening that's a fan of, of Stranger Things, you know, maybe, especially if they're younger or maybe it was subtle enough to where they didn't know, but like even the final logo is a cross between like oh, yeah. Needful Things and Firestarter yeah. and straight up 80s horror. Oh, dude. Well, like the glow and. Oh, man. So cool. That's so class. I mean, I, I would imagine like we did that every single person who is like into 80s horror and just grew up in the 80s, the second that you saw that on on episode one of season one, it was like, oh, my God. They mm-hmm. like th- they got it. They mm-hmm. nailed it. This yep. is exactly what it should be, you know? Now, here's some things that are way different that it's kind of funny that they describe in the show Bible. Check this out. Hopper, they saw him being played by Ewan McGregor. Mm. Yeah. Uh, or Sam Rockwell. I mean, I can see that. Although yeah. he's a little too... I love Sam Rockwell, but he's he may be a little mm-hmm. too charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think, like, honestly, man, like, I think as you read these character descriptions and stuff, they, I mean, they did perfect. Like, the casting was perfect. I mean, even, for example, Joyce was supposed to be more like a real thick Long Island accent uh, and played by, you know, they saw her being played by, like, Naomi Watts or, like, Marissa Tomei. Again, like, both of those, like could have done it i think naomi watts would have been like more of like a grittier like i think their initial sort of vision for this for joyce is like totally different well it's here i'll I'll just read it just this one in particular so joyce early 40s is the single mother of will and jonathan she struggles to raise them while holding down two low-paying jobs with long hours she chain smokes speaks with a thick long island accent blunt manners despite all this she's a loving mother who would go to incredible lengths to protect her boys. Over the course mm. of the show, Joyce's desperation uh, will lead her into an unexpected and rocky relationship with Hopper. Now, that sounds a little bit more gritty than. I mean, sort season of like, one, you kind of see she's more like it, she's more like just like a nervous sort of like you know, not yeah, so but, much like Long Island like tough like yeah, no, you don't you yeah. know bad manners and that kind of stuff. But Instead, you do see a little bit of that harshness on season one when she's like losing it because her son's gone yeah yeah but i know what but you I mean, mean that, yeah you know what i'm saying though I, mm-hmm. I feel like naomi watts probably could have been a little bit more like that marissa yeah. Tomei. i, I mean, can't see her at all in that role so again i think they did well oh yeah and, and plus she's like uh i mean she's such a like a mainstay in like 80s mm-hmm. and 90s you know what i mean so i oh, think yeah. that only adds to the yes the nostalgia factor, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 11 is essentially their ET, which again is pretty obvious uh, from that first season, whenever they kind of dress her up, it's very reminiscent of when uh, right. Drew Barrymore dresses up ET and you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, this is another great one. So Mr. Clark, remember he's like the, uh, the science teacher guy that like helps mm-hmm. him out with the audio, vid- uh, the AV club. And, you know, he's kind of a dorky, skinny dude with like a mustache. Originally, it says, Mr. Clark, 35, is the rock star of the local middle school. Charismatic, charming, handsome, and whip smart. He's the closest thing our series has to Indiana Jones. <laughs> Mr. Clark will become increasingly essential as the show moves forward. 
as he will be key to solving the mystery of what has happened in Montauk. He will ultimately help our characters breach the tear in Act 3. Wow. Yeah. Didn't get that at all. Mm-mm. But, I mean, he, I did, I love Oh, yeah. See, it's a great character. It's so Mm -hmm. much different, though. Um, And if you read the comics, there's a really cool sort of tie-in between him and the guy that uh, Sean Astin plays Bob, right, in season two. There's Mm -hmm. a connection between them, those two. They uh, went to high school together, and they were friends and and played D&D together, actually. Really? Yeah, so kind of a cool connection there. So so did he, like, bring him... Did he have anything to do with, like, bringing him in or anything? No, 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 no. It was just, like, random? It's just, like, yeah, in the comic, there's, like, something that the, the kids have to do. And uh, it, I don't know. It's really good. Man, that's cool. One last kind of, like, weird thing was that, uh, and, and again, this is trivia, and so you probably don't know this, but the name Terry Ives, for example, is the name of Eleven's birth mother. But in the show Bible, Terry Ives is... Well, let me see if you can guess this, listener. Terry Ives, 40, mentioned only passingly in the plot, will play an important role in episodes to come. An antisocial hermit and local movie theater projectionist with the looks of a serial killer, in parentheses, balding hair, big oval glasses. Terry is a conspiracy nut and has been investigating Camp Hero for over a decade. Although initially derided by Hopper and others, he will become an unexpected, albeit reluctant, hero in the dark days ahead. You might even make a friend or two along the way. Does that sound like anybody? I mean, definitely. Murray. Uh, Murray, yeah. Yeah, who is one of my favorite characters, period. Oh, he's he's the best. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say if my life would have looked a little different and I never would have married <laughs> or had kids. <laughs> you would be Murray. In 15 years, I would be Murray. And I'd probably be Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about the Hopper idea, too, and, you know, this will be kind of like the last sort of piece on the show specifically, and then I kind of want to get into some of the trivia about Mm -hmm. the influences and stuff, like the movies and and books and stuff. Hopper initially, like, they really dove real deep on, uh, and I think this comes across relatively well in that first season, but he was a much more of a kind of drug addict. Yeah, right. Here's his description. It says, early 40s, and he's the chief of the Montauk police. He grew up in Montauk, but moved to the city immediately post-graduation. He made a happy life there, but it was shattered when a tragic car accident killed his four-year-old daughter. He retreated to his hometown and now lives a hedonistic lifestyle in a shack by the beach. He drinks heavily, chain smokes, and abuses Tuinol, which is a potent barbiturate popular at the time, which has since been banned. Hopper took the job of chief not to help others, but because it required very little of him. After all, nothing bad ever happens in Montauk, or so he thought. This changes when Will goes missing. In order to stop this evil from spreading, Hopper will have no choice but to confront the darkness of his past. Now, I, I do think that I, I, I do think, and I, I didn't really, I had like, for, I guess, forgotten about this. But you, whenever you like first find him and he's like hung over and there's like pills everywhere. And yeah, you know, it was, they did lean into that a good bit on that first season. Yeah. And then you sure. just, you totally, you know, move past it. Right. right. When 11 comes along. Yeah. And it's cool to see that evolution of character. And you yeah. know, another thing that this speaks to me on is like the level of sort of just like world building is like a, dungeon master or a game master if you it's like always evolving. it's like writing adventures and, and 
little little mini stories just like this for characters that you guys might not even come across, you know? Right. It's mm-hmm. just so much fun. It's one of my favorite things about Dungeons & Dragons as a DM is the ability to be able to do that and just imagining mm-hmm. just little, I guess, details about, you know, that kind of color the, uh, I don't know, like the... the Flavor. Uh, yeah, it gives it flavor, but also like the uh, motivation for like a like an NPC, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. could be a minor character that might end up being a major character later, like in you know the last phase of the of the you know campaign that I put mm-hmm. you guys through. A lot of little minor characters that wouldn't have been anything are now like big, you know, yeah. somebody that in that adventure was only written in as somebody that you just like helped. That was captured, yeah, right, right. you know, is and, now like the sheriff of the town. You know what I mean? And all the all those like little callbacks are like so. Uh, at least for you and I, we've always been such fans of that. It's so rewarding, you know, when you sort of like invest in like these details. Mm-hmm. It you know into like these you know what would typically be looked at as like throwaway characters. Oh, it's yeah. always so cool to see that like brought back around and. Yeah, and I just love, again, to see that they are that thoughtful. And that's not to say that other show writers and creators aren't. It's just Mm -hmm. to be one of our favorite shows of all time and to have access to see kind of where it all comes from. And, you know, I actually have a book. It's in my son's room, so I I don't know. I, I don't know what the title is exactly, but it's like a Stranger Things book that really goes deeper into each one of the characters, each mm-hmm. one of the things that they they were influenced by. Well, I mean, for example, I I think the the biggest example is Steve Harrington. Yeah. He starts off as like the totally hateable, you know, mm-hmm. villain, eighties villain kid, who's like the you know like the socius, you know, he's like a yeah. popular jock kid, and you like absolutely hate him, and you know by now he's he's my oh, favorite he's, character. Yeah, no man, he's just the best man. And my daughter has a giant crush on him, too. We will return after these messages. This is a Cajun Spice Ruffles tater chip. Now, some people might think it's too hot. No, it's not too hot. It's spicy, yeah. Now it's hot, I guarantee Mmm. Mm. Cajun Spice Ruffles bread potato chips. I gotta take a break. I wanna play in the rain and take a break. Seven up so free travel on United Airlines, plus $25,000. Look for the 7-Up Play All Day game. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. All right, so let's dive into some of their influences and some crazy trivia 
about each one. Now, some of these you might know. Some of them you definitely don't. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first time that you put on Stranger Things, immediately, it's the, it's one of the things that they capture so well and really kind of lean on is one of the reasons why Stephen King has been and is one of my favorite writers. Mm-hmm. He oftentimes, in so many of his stories, I'm talking about Stephen King uh, for now, utilizes like the friend group as like the power that can fight evil. Something right. that you learn in the movie. It, for example, is that like if you separate the group now, D&D listeners, please pay attention to this. As a DM, this is very good advice. Don't separate the party. You got you're stronger together than mm-hmm. you are alone. Right. And even in with so that's like the broad idea for a lot of Stephen King stuff. Stand by me, which a lot of people don't yeah. know that Stephen King wrote that. It um, I mean, God, dream. Like, there's this theme is recurring in so many of his books and stories. Mm-hmm. Heck, even the Gunslinger series, man. Yeah, you know, obviously he wasn't the only one. That's not the only person in the world that recognizes that trope. I mean, the Goonies, for example. Mm-hmm. And so the Duffer Brothers utilize this, and they do it so well. And so some of those movies are obvious influences. Mm-hmm. And here's something about it that I didn't know, and I'm talking about the one that was the TV miniseries in right. the 80s. Number one, the miniseries was going to be directed by George Romero. He'd even, listen to this dude, he'd even prepared thousands of pages of notes worth of scripts, notes, just everything. And in the end, didn't do it because of scheduling conflicts and the sort of heavily shortened runtime. Hmm. Isn't, wow. that, isn't that wild? That is wild. Stand by me. This is an interesting, uh, a couple of interesting little tidbits here. Rob Reiner, who was the director of Stand By Me, kept mm-hmm. making the young actors cry for real. So for one scene, for example, he told River Phoenix to think of a time an adult let him down. And Phoenix became unconsolable. On another occasion, he exasperatedly yelled at them, cueing them to cry. And action you know <laughs> jesus man, that's intense and rob reiner's awesome by the way yeah oh yeah some great movies man mm-hmm. also in stand by me according to Kiefer sutherland in an interview that he did the production had to be shut down for two days because <laughs> this is amazing now in stand by me you remember the chubby kid mm-hmm. he's not so chubby anymore but jerry o'connell you know played the uh, the chubby kid in stand by me mm-hmm it had to be shut down because Jerry O'Connell snuck into a hippie fair. I'm using some air quotes right now. You can't see him. Mm-hmm. And unknowingly bought some, quote, funny cookies. Oh, boy. They ended up finding him lost and crying in a park. Oh, my God. So, in other words, he accidentally ate some, you know, pot cookies and wow. didn't know they were pot cookies. And he was just like, man, these are good. Chomp, 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 chomped right through them. And, and how old would he have been? Like, oh, dude, I don't know, t- twelve, like maybe 11, tops? twelve. Yeah, yeah, dude, isn't that wild? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, the movie Firestarter, which was also a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. Andrew Mar- and, Andrew Barrymore. <laughs> Andrew Barrymore. Yeah, the way you said it first, it sounded, it sounded like you said Andrew Barrymore. Andrew Marymore. <laughs> in this reality. In this reality. So this is actually going to be a John Carpenter movie. 
but Universal went with Mark L. Lester instead after the, uh, they went with Mark Lester because after the thing sort of commercial failure, which is so funny to me because it's one of my favorite movies, man. Yeah. You know, Mark L. Lester did Commando um, and some other stuff, but man, just imagine if Firestar was done by John Carpenter. Would have been uh, so weird to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, you were talking about E.T. earlier. Listen to this, dude. This is so freaking cool. And I can almost guarantee you, uh, this isn't a fact, but this is just, I think that this doesn't really happen much anymore. E.T. was shot chronologically with the puppeteers hidden from the cast, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. so that the children actually developed a caring relationship with this alien creature, man. Mm. So Mm -hmm. when the final scene happened, man, remember again, the movie is being shot chronologically. So when it's time to say goodbye, the kids were really saying goodbye to something they considered like a friend. And so those emotions are conveyed on screen. That's amazing. Now, I don't know, this is kind of slightly, you know, a little bit, not off topic, but the kid that plays uh, Elliot, Henry Mm -hmm. Thomas, I don't know if you listening have ever seen his audition tape for this movie, Mm -hmm. but I encourage you all to get on YouTube because you can find it now and watch his audition. And keep in mind that this kid was so young and the insane amount of talent, talent this kid has. Yeah. He's like, I, I, I don't, I don't even know. This is one of those things that you're like, hey man, yeah, I could be in a, hey, I could be in a movie. Mm-hmm. And then you watch this kid. You see, like, it, it's just incredible. Go watch that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Got a couple more here, man. I mean, this is for you, Tyler. Being a graphic designer, you'll you'll understand this. But the original, it, it, I don't know if you're familiar with or the audience familiar with the original Shining or the cover for The Shining, mm-hmm. but Stanley Kubrick and at the time the legendary sort of Hollywood graphic designer Saul uh, Bass yep. went through like up to 300 ideas for the movie poster. Apparently Bass wasn't fond of the final poster's color and proposed to make it red instead of yellow, but I gotta say I'm glad they went with the yellow because it is somehow more haunting. Yeah, it's, it, it, and also it's just, it's, I've always looked at that as like that had to be like some weird like f- like foreign version or something because <laughs> it just looks so odd compared yeah. to what because you know obviously there's there's a, a ton of like little uh, like significant it's like point, pointillism kind of is that is that what you're talking yeah, about yeah 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 but but I'm saying like when when you think of it you clearly think of like red uh, so that yellow is just sort of like. It, it, I don't know. It just feels so abstract to me. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. That's what I'm I saying. Like, for some reason, it's like, you know, kind of kind of scarier. Mm-hmm. A little bit more trivia about uh, E.T. Steven Spielberg considered different titles. One called Upon a Star and the Landing. Um, another mm-hmm. one was E.T. and Me, which I don't <laughs> like know if you Mac guys and me. Mac and Me, but yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's crazy. Now, listener. Uh, did you know this? Did you know that Freddy Krueger has the greatest hits album? In case you're wondering, the cassette on eBay is roughly around forty to fifty dollars. Not wow. really worth it. I bet you can you can find the MP3s somewhere. But wait a minute, is, what do you mean great? Is he like singing? It's like a uh, or just like, like a compilation. I don't oh, know. Man, I've never heard of that. 
Yeah, I think I think I don't know that he's like singing. Hold on, let me see. Let's see if we can find it. <clears throat> For some reason, it sounds familiar, but I think I think I'm telling you I'm... that Dutch kid had a copy of it. it came out in 1987. <laughs> So, it, you know, timing-wise, it, it tracks. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive it did because do you remember there's that Fat Boy song? That's probably on there. Well, um, I was thinking of like Nightmare on My Street, like yeah. the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. But that, that, there is a vague familiarity with that. Like the bad news is you can't find it on Spotify, but maybe we can look up the track listing. Hold on. And what is it called? <laughs> Freddy Krueger's or Freddy's Greatest Hits. Hmm, okay, it's got songs called Dance or Else, In the Midnight Hour, Don't Sleep, All I Have to Do is Dream, Obsession, Wooly Bully, okay, Down in the Boiler Room, getting a little on the nose there. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, so these these have to be like songs, right? Yeah, so it says originally released, so originally released in 1987 at the height of the Freddy craze, um, this record contains nine tracks, a mix of covers from the likes of Wilson Pickett, the Everly Brothers, uh, etc., and original songs and instrumentals. The album is everything you expect it to be, screaming 80s drum machines and distortion-filled electric guitars being drowned out by synthesizers. Over the top of these songs is Robert England doing the voice and maniac laughing of Freddy Krueger. But he's act- not like singing. He's just sort of the actual music making was done by the Elm Street Group. That's in quotes. Who were actually much respected studio musicians working for RIC Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he just like talks every now and then. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. God, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I boy, you've really piqued my interest. I on really kind of want this. Do you think I can find it on CD? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe Columbia House has it. Maybe I can get it on the next installment of uh, BMG Music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Remember that's that? another one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's on like, now that's what I call music, number 60. Oh, man, now that's what I call music. I mean, you can get it on vinyl for like um, mm. 50 bucks, 70 bucks. You said what year, 87? Yeah. That's weird. Well, here we go, $40 tape. Anyways, we'll find it. I'll try to find it. Yeah. Or buy it. Not sure yet. Anybody looking for Christmas ideas? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. This one. We thought about doing an episode just about this movie. And I know one of our listeners, listeners, um, Christian out in Tennessee, knows about this as well. May have even suggested it. But the movie Poltergeist, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened around oh, that film. Yeah. A dude. lot. And, and so we'll dive into that another time. But this is something I did not know even when kind of reading about all the crazy stuff that happened there. Listen to this, dude. Joe Beth Williams, who plays the mom in the movie Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that there's these scenes where she's in the mud and there's these, like, skeletons, skeletons. that, like, pop out or whatever, right? Oh, I know where you're going with this, yeah. The skeletons were actual <laughs> yeah. human skeletons, not props. Yep. Now, she didn't find out mm-hmm. until afterward... Uh, but wow. Yeah, well, it, and from what I've heard, at the time, it was more expensive to get fake skeletons that were lifelike than it was just to go down to your local... Uh, I think I think they got them from like a cop, like a local um, like autopsy or like embalming school. Mm. Jeez Louise. Which dude. is like pretty terrifying. And just kind of, I mean, kind of gross, you know? Yeah. 
Hmm. Pretty, uh, pretty weird. <laughs> um, I mean, like, all in all, again. Hey, man, I love it. Such a, uh, this show, no matter, I mean, it's so interesting and cool to see the level of detail that they put into kind of just reminding us of our childhood. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. part of the sort of our mission here as well on the show is to, yes, of course, talk about the crazy stuff that continues to happen in our strange world, um, but also just like give you guys a, a an inkling of, you know, where we kind of came from in, in case you're a listener that perhaps is a little younger than us. And mm-hmm. for those of us, for those of you that are around our age, you know exactly what we're talking about. There's that certain vibe, you know, there's Instagram or social media posts that, that would be like, if you can't smell how this living room smells, then you didn't grow up in the eighties and, and you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I love those. Or yeah. the reality of going over to somebody's house and their couch being completely covered in hard plastic. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just little things <laughs> about the eighties that, boy, if you didn't grow up in it, you know, you, uh, you kind of take it for granted. So anyway, yeah. hats off to the Duffer brothers. Oh yeah. And you know, the team involved with the Stranger Things experience, again, it, they're not a sponsor. I wish to God they were. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I, if you're a Stranger Things fan, you need to experience this. It's it's so amazing. Yeah, and I mean, not not just uh, the Stranger Things experience, but I, I think we should also say, like, just the show, anybody who has worked on the show, you can tell that it's a real labor of love because, like, down to the most minute, like, you know, period, like bowls and plates that like we had at our house, you know, like uh, it's, it's just the, the level of detail is amazing. So all of like the set designers and, and uh, you know, all that stuff is just is uh, hats off to, to all those people. Yeah. And they bring that level of care to the experience as well. So mm, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Got a little something well, cool, for dude. you. That is so. There amazing. you go, man. That's man. the Freddy. God, I love the the just the idea of Robert England like being in a studio and just okay and laugh. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, well, hey, that was a good one. Could we get another take this time? You know, feel it, vibe, vibing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he wore the glove for that? I, well, that's what's funny is I, as soon as I said that, like, I picture him in like full makeup. And yeah, full deal. Full deal, yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of him, another great little thing about season four is that he makes a cameo. He does. Mm-hmm. And it, do, it does, uh, there are some nods mm-hmm. to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, all that being said, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of That Would Be Rad, mm-hmm. your favorite podcast. We are over on Instagram if you want to find us on social media, uh, feel free to jump in that comment section or shoot us a DM if you want to tell us something. Uh, if you have your own story or your own local urban legend or anything you just want to get off your chest, you can send us a DM or you can send it in more long form to that would be radpod at gmail.com. If you would like to tell us a story in your very own just rich voice, 
you can do that directly from the site. Our site is thatwouldberadpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, you can send the voicemail straight from the site and you can leave us some five-star reviews, which we would really appreciate it if you would. And you can find any any podcatcher that we're on over there on the site. And uh, it's sort of a one-stop shop. But anyway, all that being said, get out there and tell one single friend about the show. It works wonders. Uh, like I said before, go to whatever, whether it's Apple or Spotify, give us that five-star review. It really, really helps out. I guess that's about it. You got anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
granted. How we doing? Oh, my God. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it's all good, dude. I had to run down and get her a... Popsicle. A croissant. <laughs> I'm hungry. I <laughs> uh, love it. Can I have a snack? That's all we hear at our house. Yeah, exactly. Right. So... Oh, wait, wait, we got a three, two, one stop. We sure do, pal. Okay. Three, two, one. Here's time.